0: We live in a time where masculinity is shamed, and men don't know what it means to be a man. As a pastor and counselor, I've spent the better part of my life equipping and training others. My goal with this show is to translate my hard-earned experience into tools and tactics to help you become stronger as a man. This is the Brave Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Bellant. Guys, welcome to the Brave Co. podcast. Today, I'm here with my good friend and a guy that I really admire and look up to, Jeremy Felt. Uh, Jeremy is a three-time World Series champion. He's a left-handed pitcher, um, which makes him pretty unique, but also an incredible dad, which I think is uh, probably the reason why I'm so drawn to him. I'm, I'm, I find myself most drawn to who a guy is uh outside of his professional world and so Jeremy's an incredible dad uh Jeremy you have three boys is that correct
1: yeah i got three boys i uh yeah um i've got a, a 14 gonna be 15 6 <laughs> foot 5 225 holy
0: smokes he dude. is
1: a toad uh football <laughs> football and basketball player okay. uh works out with me uh about to be stronger than me i don't tell him that but uh, yeah I'm for real strong. He just turned 14 in September or in August, August 28th. So really, yeah. so he's a big kid. I have an 11 year old. It's going to be 12 in September. And I got a nine year old. It's going to be 10 there. My oldest and youngest are born on the same day. So, uh,
0: wow, no way.
1: Yeah. So I'll be 15, 12 and 10 here. And, uh, they are all boy. And my hunting bill is, uh, <laughs> my hunting bill gets up there. Uh, we have a good no time. Doubt.
0: And then also, um, we'll talk about this in a little while, but, uh, you just opened up your brewery, which is a free roam brewing company. So, um, I'm pretty stoked to go down to Texas and hang out and, and, uh, in your brewery with you. Check it out. You're actually, um, podcasting from there right now. So
1: yeah, I am in my podcast studio and I look out at my brewery and check it all out. It's pretty fun. So cool. Yeah.
0: I love it, man. Well, hey, while we're getting started, would you just tell us a little bit about where you grew up and, um, yeah, what what was life like for Jeremy? felt.
1: Yeah, I grew up as a military brat. Uh, my dad was in the Air Force, so we kind of grew up while he was a bombardier for B fifty two, so radar navigator. So he kind of bounced around everywhere uh, and uh, spent uh, a lot of my time in Washington State. And where my dad was stationed at Fairchild, he lives up there again. If you're after you retired, he moved us back there, but. Um, we went to Guam. So I lived overseas for a while.
0: Wow. How long? Little
1: Island, about 30 miles long, 10 miles wide, super tiny Island. How long Uh, did you live there? I lived there for my second, third and fourth grade years uh wow that's cool i uh, developed a mental fear of sharks during that time and uh, <laughs> and uh had a hammerhead shark fly over the flip over the reef at the base uh, beach there and almost got me Had a surfer no. uh, a guy come and try to grab me so i've i've learned to scuba dive since because i've taken on that challenge to conquer my fears yeah. so i scuba come dive on, and I purposely dude. try to find sharks now come uh, on but i i got to spend some time over there see the orient Amazing times, got to see amazing things. Um, yeah. and then my dad was in Castle Air Force Base, which is in Merced, California, just about two, what, three hours?
0: Yeah, what, not, two three hours not south from where I'm at. Yeah.
1: So uh, spent some time there. Uh, grew up a Giants and an A's fan, so that was pretty cool. And I got to play for the Giants. Uh, but um, then I moved. My dad retired and uh, moved me back up to Spokane, Washington. Like I said, they still live there. My sister still lives there. I uh, went to high school there. Um, then were your parents?
0: Up. Were your parents married? Or divorced?
1: Uh, they're married uh, yeah. still. They had f- oh, man. I think we're looking at 40, 44 years. I think going on 40, 43, 44 years married.
0: Oh, that is so awesome.
1: Crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love it. I
1: have a sister, older <laughs> sister, two years older than me, uh, who are, they're pastors of a church in Spokane.
0: Okay. That's cool. Now, were you growing up was becoming a baseball player, a pro baseball player? Was that always in your sights?
1: Uh, you know, it was crazy to believe, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids, they, I mean, I guess a lot of yeah. kids are like, I want to be yeah. a professional baseball player. You know, my dad was, uh, my dad and I were at the Oakland A's Coliseum, uh, when I was 12 and it, we went a lot, we went to a lot of those games, but we went to the, we went to this game for some reason. And I remember he got me, he usually got me the nosebleed seats up in the top of Oakland. And that was yeah. when they had the upper tank open, like Bro, they don't even have I, it open now.
0: I remember so, those days. I didn't go a lot, but when I was young, um, probably twelve years old, my dad took me to Oakland Stadium. The A's was my, A's were my team, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: Jose Canseco, Ricky Henderson.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they were massive. Now we McGuire, know why. You know. There's other reasons yeah. why they're so big. <laughs> <Bro>. Yeah, we <laughs> do know massive why. Massive human beings. Uh, but, uh, uh, but I will say this you know, I remember sitting there and I remember seeing all those guys. Dave Stewart was pitching that day. That was my favorite pitcher. Yeah, uh, And I watched him. I think Maguire hit a couple homers that game. And I was just so in awe. And I looked at my dad and I said, Dad, one day I'm going to play here. Wow. Patted me on the head. It's like, go get him, kid. I never went to a camp. I just, <laughs> I just played a lot. And then I remember I was 20, uh, 22 years of age. And I had the. I walked into the Oakland Coliseum through center field. That's where the bus drops you off. And wow. I was walking in with the Royals. And I had my Nokia phone. You know, the one with like the worm game on it. Yes,
0: yeah. dude.
1: Yes, that. that's the phone I had. And uh, uh, called him. And I said, Dad, hey, you know where I'm at today? He's like, Yeah, you're in Oakland. I'm like, Yeah. Dad, do you not remember what happened here? He's like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Dad, I see the <laughs> very seats we were sitting in when I said today I want to play here one day, and tonight I pitch." He hung up the wow. phone, me, and I was like, "So I called my mom back. They don't even have cell phones. They have like still got the like phone on the wall, yeah. you know." Yeah. And uh, I call him back, and I, I, I go, "Mama, I'm like, what, what happened?" He's like, "Your dad's crying. He just uh, wants you to hear him, you know." So it's such a big deal for him to like. <laughs> Actually, oh. the reality of that it just yeah. sits in when a son says, Dad, I want to yeah. dream, right. and he never stopped me from dreaming. I will say that, right. like that, but I think for a dad to like not stop you, but not necessarily like, eh, you know, but then when you yeah. actually do it, and I didn't get that until I had sons, and now I'm like, Right, I'm gonna cry like a baby. If they ever say one day I'm gonna do this and they actually do it, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna cry like a baby, you know. It was, Bro, it was it,
0: pretty crazy. It's a little tough being a dad sometimes because your kids, like in telling your kids that they can dream, of course, because they come up with some crazy dreams. My son is uh, Elijah. He's 22 now, but when he was young, he's just the kind of guy that, that goes after life, like fully. So I remember him saying to me one day, I was, uh, I was down doing the laundry and he comes and he goes, dad, dad, I need an agent. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? You need an agent?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He says oh, I need an agent because I want to become an actor. And Kyle, which Kyle was my roommate, said that I just need an agent and then I could become an actor. And I was like, Oh, why don't you go ask Kyle if he can help you get an agent? Then, <laughs> yeah, and then you know, the week yeah, after, he yeah. would tell me, Dad, I wanna, I wanna start a go kart store. It was never like he didn't have like it wasn't no small practical thing like he wanted to start to sell parts for go-karts. yeah, And he's like, Kyle said that all I have to do is get a business license and anyone can get that. And then we could we could start our business.
1: That's all and, you got to do. That's,
0: that's all <laughs> you got to do. You know, and he wanted to write a book, so like Papa wrote a yeah. book because yeah, writing yeah. books is easy. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I could imagine your dad was probably in the same boat of Jeremy finding different dreams every week that he wanted. Yeah, to because
1: he, he also knew baseball like he i didn't go to baseball yeah. camps i, I mean yeah. I, I didn't i just played ball in my backyard and in little league you know it wasn't like so, there was any kind of select thing going on
0: bro how do you make it to the pros if you don't like how, yeah how do you make it to the pros without going to camps and
1: you doing know all that stuff nowadays i don't know uh yeah. the game's pretty advanced and i'm yeah. down here in texas where oh my gosh 30,000 at a high school football game the whole town shuts down like wow their life depends on a 16 year old boy catching a touchdown you know like Bro, they're banking their identity on a yeah so it's nuts but yeah. and there's a lot of sports going on down here a lot of individual training yeah you know i just played a lot you know I, we didn't have cell phones we didn't have yeah you know social media we didn't have yeah. we didn't have gaming we we weren't watching youtubers make 20 no. million dollars a year playing no. video games you know we didn't see no. any of that so no. our only dreams were like get outside and figure it out you know and, Seriously. and, and that's what i did uh, played you know i'd throw a ball off a wall i'd pick a spot i'd take a chalk and i'd put an x on a little cement and i'd try to hit that as many times as i could i had no idea that that's was training myself to be accurate i was just competitive wow. So I wow. wanted to say, I'm going to see how many times out of 15, I can hit it. And then I'd start over again and try to beat it. You know, wow. like it was just natural. It probably God. if you think about it now it's probably birthed by God in the sense yeah. of like, you have no idea why I'm asking you to do this, but trust me, I yeah. need to do it. Like I, I get yeah. that now, but as a kid, you were just like, I don't know. I'm just competitive. I just, you know, want to yeah. try to do it. You know, uh, that's all I did. And when I signed out of high school. Uh, I went to pro ball and found out everybody was better than me, and I was the best person that I on, wow. in, in my city. Uh, so, but what I, you had to do is learn to fail. You know, you had to learn to um, okay. understand that failure is not a real word. It's a poor. It's a poorly executed, uh, you know, verbiage in our in our culture. Yeah. Uh, the whole fa- the word failure. I tell my boys, there's no such thing as failure. It's called teachable mm. moments. If if y- you don't fail. You learn, and when you yeah. succeed, you ride the wave as long as you can right. until you get knocked on your butt, and then you got to figure <laughs> out why you knocked on your butt, right? So, yeah. So, uh, you know, I had to learn that concept because I had never failed. High school was not—I never wow. failed. High school. So, it's in you know, baseball wise, you know. So, I had to learn to do that. Uh, I also learned about what it meant to to believe in a sovereign God, in the sense of baseball showed me. I was struggling wow. so bad one time, uh, just struggling baseball. I mean, I think I th- probably saw the record. I gave like fifteen hits and in five innings in a ball. I mean, oh I th- wow, think that's a high, uh, you yeah. know, Carolina <laughs> league record, by the way. <laughs> but and I'm 42. I was 18 when I set that record, so yeah. 19 or whatever. And uh, and and I will say this: I had a passer come up to me. Uh, Al Egg was his name. He's at a what did you
0: say back then. I was. Okay. Uh, but
1: I was kind of in that, in that boat of, yeah. I went to church because my parents went to church. Right. Now I'm on my own. Yeah. How do I decide whether God's real? It's up to me, right? Yeah. That's where I was at. And yeah. he handed me a picture. I was telling him about my struggles and I was boohooing myself. And, yeah. and he handed me a picture of a tandem bicycle. And huh. I'm like, what is that? He's like, put it in your Bible. I'm like, why? He's like, anytime you start to get frustrated or want to give up, you have to ask yourself, which seat is God on? Ah, uh, dude. And he goes, you, Both people have to pedal on a tandem bicycle. Yeah. You got to crank it out. You yes, don't make uh, one person, pe- but only one person steers, man. And God's yeah. not asking you to steer. He's asking you to pedal. So you keep working as hard as you can. Get to the bro. field early today. Crank it out. Focus on what you do. Go out there. Give it your best shot. Let the man steer. And man, when I did that, that's good career, advice, bro. My, my career went way different. I, next, I went from struggling A ball to being in double A the next year, making two all star teams. Wow. Didn't get called up like I, sh- I was supposed to get called, I was supposed to tr- skip triple A and get called to the big leagues that year. Didn't. Got frustrated and then remembered that because I always carried that in my Bible. Wow. And I remembered, okay, I'm going to pedal. And then the next year, I walk into the spring training, I make the big league team skip triple A. And I never looked back. I spent 14 years in the big leagues. Like it was just that thing for me that I always thought about, even at the big league level, when I'm wanting to get selfish and take over, I got to ask who's riding, the, who, who's steering the tandem bicycle. And, and uh, that, that's where I learned all that. And that's the sovereign God. That's, that would be when I tell people, they say, what do you mean? God knows all and sees all. So you can just sit there and not do anything. Yeah. And my best yeah. way to describe how a sovereign God works is a tandem bicycle. You know, wow. you still got to work. It's just one person's right. you know? And,
0: Bro, uh, I like I, that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been good.
0: What an incredible lesson uh, for this young kid who comes out of high school, kicks butt in high school, gets into you know minor league baseball, and it's inevitable, right? Like every single person is going to see adversity. Every person, every person's going to see challenges in life. Every person's going to have their story, of their hard time. Just not very many people actually use that to propel them into, into the rest of their life, which is again, full of challenges and adversity and, and success in life, success in baseball is being able to operate in adversity. That's right. I, I mean, that to me, like I was never a super, profi- uh, um, super good baseball player, but you just, it's just like any other sport. It's like any other thing in life, right? Is Whoever can operate the best in adversity and perform in adversity wins.
1: Yeah. And, and for me, that is, you're exactly right. It, some people say this is a Debbie Downer, but it's not. It's it's not whoever succeeds most wins. It's whoever fails yeah. the least. And, and, and people <laughs> would say, well, that's not a positive thing. And in some ways, Bill Johnson might want to correct me on that. But, but I would say that, to be honest with you with baseball, like, you you, you you fail 70% of the time, you're in the Hall of Fame.
0: There is oh, not another job out there baseball. like that. Yeah. Yes. Like
1: it's whoever fails least. And what it means for me is whoever understands how to weather the storms the best Bro. will come out on top. Because you're going to face, the storms are inevitable. They are going to hit. It's going to happen. God never, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, think that when they find God, that means he, that their life's going to be on easy street. And they yeah. reject God right after when they find right. out that it's not easy. It's actually, oh. it can tend to be harder, right? Because they don't understand trials and tribulations that so they're supposed to take joy in. And, and it, which is a very hard concept to grasp until you understand what, like for me, that's what my, my brewery's a Buffalo. I mean, you see a hop head here. I got Buffalo tattoos. Like I was going to ask
0: mentality. you about that.
1: Yeah. It's a Buffalo mentality. It's exactly that, man. I mean, I'm you, you do a lot of hunting like I do. Yeah. Uh, I hunt those things but yeah. I also take pictures. Yeah. I stare at them. I gaze at them. I watch it's them. Respect. Man, the whole animal is amazing. And yeah. how they're used, how even when they're harvested, every piece of their body is for something. And I mean, you talk yeah. to the, you know, you talk to the American Indian. It's It's every yeah. single part of that animal was used for survival. Right. And yeah. so, what an amazing beast, but it's how they handle storms. They, they charge them. They take them straight on. They walk at them. When they see a storm storm coming East, they walk West. They don't go East with it. That's, that's, you know, that's, you know, cows, cows yeah. do that, you know? Right. And, and they they so for me, they die. They get scattered. They get lost. They get sick. All those things where if you look at a Buffalo, they just like, nah, we're going to take this head on. I got a big head and a big, huge hump on my back. Yeah. And it allows me to push through, push through the storms, push through, plow right through the blizzard, right through the snow and, and make a path. And I'm writing a book on that right now. I'm writing a wow. book on, on the Buffalo and using my story on what it means. And I was just editing a chapter today yeah. uh, in that book. And that chapter is basically, not only do they plow through snow to make a path, And also they actually push through it to where they, uh, can, they, they push so much snow out of the way that vegetation pops up. So their herd will graze behind them as they walk to feed. Like it's crazy what they can do, you know? So I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, I very much think that that's a lot of what baseball taught me, uh, in, in, in life. And for me, i you know, I'm sure we'll get into my gauntlet here in a minute that I just walked through that actually is the whole reason why I think baseball, even, even I was there for it. People say, why'd you play baseball? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know until, until what I just walked through and that's, it, it prepared me for my storm. So,
0: which is, is a great segue because I mean, the real game of life for you, baseball was the warm up. A baseball was that really was your warm-up. It was your um it was the reps. Get get real reps in because you're about to get dropped into a storm like no other. And I walked with you th- through some of that storm and you have yeah. some really incredible people in your life. But um and, and I ultimately I've been through the same storm that you have, but you ended up um going through a divorce and <clears throat> Can you tell us just a little bit, you don't have to go into details, but tell us a little right. bit about, you know, the, the storm that you were in and, and yeah, we'll unpack it a little bit.
1: Yeah. You know, I think, uh, one of those things growing up, you know, I'm, I'm a very, uh, loyal person. I don't, I don't believe in divorce. I still don't, yeah. I'm divorced and I don't believe in divorce. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, me too. He so it's nuts, but you know, I, 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 I think there are some storms that come at you that you bring upon yourself and there's others yeah. that, 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 hit you, uh, that you yep. didn't ask for. And this it's is true. one of them. I didn't ask for it. Uh, I was yep. married for 22 years, uh, married to a girl that I knew since I was 14.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, three, three boys, three wonderful, beautiful, amazing boys came from, yeah. from that marriage. Uh, but it ended and it was a gut punch to me. I mean, it yeah. brought me to my knees, uh, thought my life was over. Uh, and it was to a point where my faith was even challenged, like, man, I, I tried, I wasn't perfect in reality, no matter what we can blame the other person. Um, and, and I would say that this was not my call. However, I'm not going to say that the call was made because of some scenarios that were out of my control, but yeah. It takes two to tango in some way, shape, or form, yeah, and so true. you can't always say it's one-sided. Yeah. I was right. married when I was twenty years old. I did not know what it meant to be married. I didn't right. even know who I was, and yeah. so a lot of wounds and damage took place over yeah. probably relational things that just was came from immaturity and came to fruition and came to head. Uh, yeah. you know, after after baseball was over, which you know, unfortunately, I, I used to brag about how I'd never be that person, and that's where. You get humbled a little bit uh, yeah. you know 84 percent of us roughly sometimes they some people say 80 some people say 84 but uh baseball players get divorced after they retire
0: wow no I mean, way it is,
1: it's a high statistic wow uh, i, I
0: and, didn't know that
1: yeah because you know we're gone every two weeks we come yep. down 10 days not a lot of stuff goes wrong by the time you know you leave for 10 days or 12 days you come home there's a honeymoon period a little bit yep. stuff starts a little friction and before it gets head,
0: boom, you're gone.
1: You're gone again, right? And so, yeah. like, you're kind of back and forth, back and forth. And then, uh, you know, it, but then the off seasons are tough for a lot of guys, and yeah. we'll all admit it. Like, a lot of friction in the marriage in the off season because yeah. it does rear its head, right? It, it, and then there is no two week road trip. There is no, no. I got to yeah. go to the ballpark. There's nothing, right. and but then spring training hits and you kind of, uh, and then the season hits and it gets under the rug. Dude, and right? by
0: the time you actually are present in your marriage, when your career is over, it's, I mean, it's, it's,
1: it's too late sometimes it it's is, trouble, sometimes yeah. it is, it is too yeah. late. Uh, and like I said, I, I didn't ask for this. I didn't want it. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it was more of me having just to deal with the hand that was dealt to me. Yeah. Uh, and I, I went through a lot of therapy, um, and I, I was holding a Bible study in, in my brewery. I hold a Bible study in my brewery on Monday mornings. That's uh, awesome. We're actually dealing, believe it or not, with a study. I'll, I'll give this to you after the podcast. I think you'd be interested That's in this cool. with, with what you're doing at Brave, at Brave Co. But, um, you know, the, the book's called Charge the Storm. And I didn't know awesome. anything about it. My buddy said he had a friend. He went on a mountain retreat men's thing and he wrote yeah. a whole 7 week study on the buffalo mentality wow. it was nuts and we talked about something the other day Jay that was really important to me yeah uh, and i think that it, it would make a lot of sense you have to go through it to understand it but it yeah. is a lot of sense and one one of my one of, the, one of the guys in the group says you know when you when you're in a storm and you're in that poor me mentality which we all will go through yeah and sometimes it's needed i mean yep. hey man we get divorced You're bitter. You're angry. You got you got poor me stuff. But when you get healthy, when you actually can get healthy, is when you stop being the poor me because poor me is selfish. It is a selfish mentality where you take your eyes off God and you say, "What about me? Why me? Uh, This isn't my fault. You know, I didn't deserve this." And you're super selfish, and you cannot get healthy when you're selfish. Yeah. And thank God we have a really patient God. Right. Like where he's like, it's so true. Throw your temper tantrum, dude. (laughs) And then you're going to put your eyes back on me and I'm going to smile and I'm going to say, you're right on time. I got you. It's not the end of the world. You might have either made a mistake to bring this storm on you, but we're going to get through it or it came on you and it's not your fault, but we're still going to get through it. And I'm going to wake up from my nap and I'm going to calm the storm and I'm going to ask yeah. you to walk on water and I'm going to ask you to keep your eyes on me and we're going to keep moving. And when he said that, like the selfish, I was like, man, I was thinking about it, Jay. I was like, Bro, dude, true. my, I tried to, I tried to weather a storm for, for almost a year when the final scenario happened where it was just yeah. like, we got to get divorced. Yeah. And my therapist had to stop helping me. And what mm. she left me was because when you go through divorce therapy, therapists can't help you anymore because the whole court stuff. Right. So, right. so I had to take a pause, but it was the coolest thing because I remembered what she said to me in my last session. She goes, I'm going to have to take a break, but remember these things and carry it with you. And it was a two-year divorce. Jay. It wasn't like a six month deal. It was, bro.
0: no, you, you, uh, that was a long, that was a marathon, bro.
1: Oh, and unfortunately, and I had to weather that, and but you know what? When I actually got healthy, became a better father. Yeah, reunited with my family. My side of the family never really connected with me throughout our, our, my marriage. It was a, just a situation that they weren't valued. Yeah, and and my sister, I didn't have a good. I didn't. Even, it's not that they had a bad relationship. I just didn't. I I, I didn't get yep. to spend time with them when I was married. And I will say this, I. When I got quit being selfish and I finally let it go and said, okay, I mourned the death of the marriage. Yeah. the divorce process. I have to work through the divorce, but what, who am I? Yeah. What, what makes me me? And I had to look to God. And the second I looked to God for everything, I became a better dad. I became a better son. I became a better brother, a better uncle. Right. I literally said, it's not about me. It's about protecting my boys uh, yeah. from, from being hurt by this as best as I possibly can. Yeah. And I also had to say my biggest thing, Jay, was I had to actually look and say, okay, who am I? What are my boundaries? Yeah. Who I need to become so yeah. that in my next relationship, I'm the very best version of me for my next wife? Bro, That's what it's about. And that was true. super important for me
0: you're dropping so many so many bombs here i want to i want to touch on a, a bunch of them I'm just taking notes so i don't forget um, <clears throat> i want to go back just a little bit because the there there's so many different scenarios that we're going to go through in life like you're talking about we're going to go through seasons where stuff is our fault and and that's fine and we're going to go through stuff through life where life just happens to us. Uh, you find yourself in the middle of a fire and gosh, you didn't start it. But, <clears throat> and I think so many people get stuck there, get really, really stuck in the victim mentality. Yep. Point. And I'll tell you, uh, here's what I've said to a lot of people <clears throat> recently is where you're at in life is probably not your fault. It's probably not your fault. Now, yeah, follow me. Great point. Let me, let me finish it. Yeah. Like when so much of who people are today has been built, was handed to them from their childhood, right? If your parents cared for you, if they didn't care for you, if they spent time pouring into you, if they poured good identity, I mean, so much trauma and pain and rejection is is already been handed to kids by the time they even realize they're alive, 12, 13, 14, mm-hmm. 15 who they become was literally created for them because of the home environment that they grew up in. And then they have a whole bunch of shame, right? They become adults. They have a whole bunch of shame over the decisions that they've made and the decisions that they're making. Even bro, even things that they crave eating. Like if your parents feed you sugar crap, I mean, that's like, you don't have the money to go buy groceries. You don't have the money. You don't have like, it's not your responsibility to cook when you're young. Right. So you get brought up and nurtured into this life. And then they feel so much shame over why does my life suck so bad?
1: Mm.
0: Why is it? And they get stuck there. They get stuck in one, this is all my fault. And then two, as they get older, they go, no, this is all their fault. But the problem with the victim is that you you want to spend as little time as possible being a victim. Mm. If there's a way to make it your responsibility, that's the best possible thing that you can do, right? So it's not your fault where you're at probably, it's your responsibility. Which mm. is what I've been telling people a lot lately that's is good. this is not your kids, the divorce, bro, wasn't your kids wasn't their fault. Mm. But if they're going to move beyond that in life, if they're going to, they have pain in their life. Now that pain at some point, it will be their responsibility right now. it's As a dad, it's your responsibility to help them work through that. Right. But eventually it becomes their responsibility. And I think so much, it's like, it's like you, you know, you find the the place that you can own in your marriage, which is the same thing that happened to me. Um, And I I won't go into all that because I've already explained mine, but I find myself in the middle of this, oh my gosh, it feels like my world's burning down. I've done all I can to save it, can no longer save it. Okay. It's time for me to take ownership of my life over this storm and as quickly as possible, get out of the victim mentality. Oh, why am I here? How long am I going to stay here? My life would be so much better if, oh, this guy over here's not dealing with that. Oh, he's got so much more money. He can hire his well, uh, you know, if I was Jeremy, I, I would, uh, my divorce would have ended sooner because he's got the money to get a therapist. I didn't have money to get a therapist. You know, all yeah. those things yeah. that we do, yeah. right. It'd be so much easier because, and the truth is, is is that's all BS. All of it. A hundred percent of it is you putting more bars into that prison mm. and the key is you're putting them there. And so <clears throat> I I always feel like it's so important As an adult, like one of my main things right now for people is you got to take ownership. You got to take, you got to take ownership of your life. And like the Buffalo, if the storm is going one way, don't go the other way. That's right. It's one, right? Consider it pure joy when you encounter various trials for the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And when perseverance runs its course, you will lack nothing. It literally says, if you run from the storm, you don't get what you need in life. Mm. <clears throat> you, mm. you end up broken. And bro, I want to commend you. Uh, I really do. I want to commend you for walking through that. And I'm not just saying that because the, the proof's in the pudding, bro. When you, because you pushed in, your kids are better. You're better. And I'm not sh- just talking emotionally. I'm saying you're a better man than before yeah. it happened. Agreed. Your kids will be more resilient. They'll bounce back. And they'll come back stronger and your family is going to be stronger and your future will be brighter and stronger. And I saw that in my life. That's what my dad, my dad is doing the same thing uh, to me that that that, that pastor did to you is my dad kept going, son, you don't get to make all the decisions in your life on what happens to you. You just get to decide what you're going to do. Mm. And he continually called me. Up to the highest level, the highest bar of living, which is ownership in deciding every day what are you going to do, what decisions are you going to make, and uh, man, I can remember I had some real self pity days.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Some self pity uh, world records, probably uh, for the most piteous day. Yeah. a lot. My birthday was was one of them. You know, I found out I found out all the details on my birthday, which is just like.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah the you worst know,
0: massive this is the this is my damn spot and uh <laughs> bro it's so good to have other men right who have weathered life yeah who can look at you and go oh no this is bro this is this right here is your initiation into yeah. a great life into resilience into perseverance and um, so I just wanted to stop and really commend you, but also for people that are out there, you know, we're not going to get to some place. And, and I was talking to a friend the other day. Uh, we're, we're not going to arrive somewhere that is free of, like, we're not, we're not working on this life and somehow, some way, Jeremy's going to get to a place in life where he no longer has pressure. Where he no longer has some stress, where he no longer has pain, where like, that's not happening. You're only going to get to a place where you're strong enough that you don't really care. That's right. You're kind of look forward to it. It's like working out or it's like a hard baseball game. You're like, if you went into every game and you just blew it out, it wouldn't even be fun anymore.
1: That's right. No, you're right. Yeah, and that's the thing is, and that's what I was saying. Like baseball, like you said, uh, it initiated me into my actual storm. I think it's just, yeah, it it was almost like a young bull that was like, "Hey, you just stay behind me for a little bit because yeah. eventually you're gonna have to take on your own herd and you're, yeah, have to get them through it." And you know, I I I looked at it as you know when when I was going through, th- so I did this thing called the trauma egg. And it was intense, yeah. man. So my therapist told me this thing. Is she, she handed me this big, huge uh, poster board and drew you know? this egg on it. And it had a bunch of cracks. And she says, each crack, I want you to, um, I want you to draw. And I'm trying to access a part of your brain that you're going to need. So you yeah. have to draw to access that brain. I don't care if it's a stick figure or if you're a good drawer. Draw your yeah. traumas. Start wow. from the youngest one you can possibly have and go all the way up to now. Wow. And draw man. it. And I started, I was like, this is dumb. Like, I hate this. This is psychobab. I hate this crap. Like, next thing you know, I'm going to be having my fingers upside down and doing some weird stuff. So I'm like, whatever. <laughs> you know, so I started drawing it. I will, The memories that started to explode in my oh. brain that I totally forgot about. I had to call my dad. I'm like, dad, <laughs> please tell me that. Did this happen? He's like, yeah. I'm like, What? I didn't remember that. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, I- I'm just starting to remember these things. But yeah. the, what happened was, is it started to shape me. Like you said, the it's not my fault. Like yep. I did really well in baseball because I was brought up in an anxious environment. I was traveling right. all the time for military. My dad was gone. He was a bombardier for B-52. He would leave and couldn't tell me where he was going for like right. two weeks. And we're Gee. in Guam. We're, we're close to all the Cold War stuff. Like it wasn't like we were in, Kansas and my dad went somewhere <laughs> like we're right in the middle totally. of like the, you're in the, the line crack going down you yeah, know yeah. and he'd leave for two weeks and I never hear from him wow and I'd be of my dad's coming back and 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 it was just crazy and then. And then i i mean just i I was killed almost like eight different times i'm like i said a hammerhead came over a reef yeah metal fear sharks almost got me i almost drowned i got sucked out to sea one time and no one could get me my surfer had to swim out and grab me my dad couldn't i was underwater drowning wow Uh, i've been hit uh man i've been hit head on at 55 miles an hour um and lived walked away from it i've been hit twice uh i've been i mean there's so many i'm i'm drawing all these traumas like <laughs> Bro, crazy you need stuff. two eggs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm asking for another poster board. Like I need another one, you know? And I'm like, John trauma traumas. And my, my therapist looked at me and she's like, I've done a lot of therapy and this is really intense. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, you know why you're good at being functioning in, in anxiety because you were raised in it. Cause it's you've not, not
0: known anything else.
1: Yeah. That's in fact, if I don't have anxious moments, I would create yeah. them. Yeah. I would literally create them. And I didn't even know it. Like yeah. now I'm like, I don't want, now that I've been actually healing from it, I want zero to do with anxiety. Yeah. Like, like it's there's true. some things that I thrive in, right? The anxiety yeah. of a hunt. Like, yep. I mean, you've, you've been in, it. you, you, you do the same thing, dude. Like yep. going out there in Alaska, yep. chance of dying. If something happens to you. It's man, necessary. Like, it's necessary. Like yeah. way different. And and so she was like man when you pitched the reason why you didn't do good as a starter she actually looked me up it was hilarious and this woman don't get me wrong she's crazy she's beca- she's like a, a master diver she's a skydiver she's a pilot wow. this woman does everything like oh, she's wow. just like man I just go do That's stuff That's a good therapist. Yeah it's crazy right? She was also a PK so she's like I got trauma for being a PK right? So <laughs> like like so we were we were sitting there talking and she was like I looked you up baseball wise, just to kind of follow your career. And she's like, you know why you sucked as a starter? I was like, thank you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, appreciate that. She's like, because you didn't have pressure. Like yeah. it's zero, zero in the first, you had nine. Yeah. Like you, you didn't feel the sense of urgency in wow. the first inning. But when you came in as a reliever and the back was against the wall and you Bro, had you no choice. Focus. Yeah. Your anxiety went up. You calmed down and you excelled she was that you were built for that, Jeremy wow. It's, it's kind of how God shaped you in a way, but understand that it has also caused trauma in relationships it's caused you know you, yeah. you know dysfunction and she said, so we're going to work on those things and now it's why and she looked at me and says, Jeremy, you ha- you're going through a divorce when you don't believe in divorce 22 year old marriage has died it's over jeremy she had to look at me and she goes it's over and it's okay and she's a christian she's a christian therapist she goes jeremy it's okay you're gonna be fine yeah and you're gonna be healthier because your anxiety it's too much and she's like you were not functioning well in it your relationship was not functioning well two people gotta want to be in the marriage she doesn't want to be in the marriage it's it's over. And you know what? You're going to be fine. And yeah. we're going to take this on. But this is the worst storm of your life, Jeremy. And you were built for it. You can handle it. You can deal with it. And man, I did. I literally yeah. said, man, I took on so many storms, so much chaos. But what you I did. utilized in baseball is dealing with the uncontrollable and the controllable. The uncontrollable right. was, I'm getting divorced. That's not the controllable. The controllable is, how right. do I don't want to handle myself spiritually, mentally? Right physically i got in the best physical shape of my life i was boxing i was mountain biking i was lifting i I got emotionally strong the 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 i I found someone that i've been dating for over a year we're celibate we do not have sex like and i promised my sons that i will not have sex until i get married and i promised her that regardless of how this works out i i i love you and yeah marriage is in our future hopefully yeah we're not having sex before that and she's on board and it's like. All those things. Come on. And that's man. a storm in and of itself, Jay. I'm 42 on, years old. Like, <laughs> so it's yeah. not easy. You know, I'm no. not gonna sugarcoat that. But no, the reality no. of it is is like I've got to be selfless for other people. And I feel so much better because I'm able to weather storms, deal with them, and know now beyond a shadow of a doubt. I get what it means by taking joy in trials and tribulations. I get one, I get what it means to be like, yeah. hey, if you're gonna. Live with Christ, you got to die with him. I'm yeah. starting to actually grasp that mentality. And it's it, super fulfilling in the most I weird see, way, but it's fulfilling.
0: Then that's the thing, right? That's the thing about it is responsibility gives us purpose. And when you take all that ownership of your life and then you start pressing into it, you have things every day to be proud of. It, you have, and, and you feel like this guy that's, or on a real path, on a real journey, and you're no longer afraid and running from stuff. Like, how do you feel proud of yourself when, when you live a passive life and you, and you mm. run away from everything? You know, so, so many men are in that boat, right? They got all these storms coming up and they're, we're, how long am I going to be in here and, and pushing away? And, and without taking that responsibility and without being proud of yourself and doing things like, dude, you could easily justify sleeping with your girlfriend or easily justify getting married really quick. And, but bro, you wouldn't be proud of yourself Mm -hmm. and your boys deep down wouldn't be proud of you, but now you have this incredible story, right? Doesn't matter how it ends. Like you've already won. You have this incredible story of you've already decided the outcome
1: Mm
0: -hmm. is for your boys and for her and for you respect and honor. You're showing them a good example. You're leading by example, and man, that's a life that you you can only be proud of. So, that's incredible, bro. Yeah, again, which again is why we're talking is it's you're an inspiration, and you're you're one of those guys that I love to have on because it takes the excuses away from it takes our and I need that I need men in my life to take my excuses away. Right? I need I need those stories of oh. Yeah, you have it hard, but not as hard as I do. Yeah, and, and it's not a competition. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to go through, you know. So yeah. you're taking excuses away from everyone else and letting us know what's possible, which is freaking awesome. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about your brewery. Yeah, I'm I'm super stoked on that. Um, yeah. tell me a little bit about you know why you started it and where it's at and are you guys yeah. open? All that stuff.
1: Yeah. So it was a cool story. I was actually, it actually was birthed in uh well, I've always kind of, you know, when I was in San Francisco, I did a, a fundraisers at this place called 21st amendment phenomenal, yeah. top 20 mm-hmm. in the country. And, and I got to know some great people there because of the fundraisers. I got to understand beer and it, it you know, a lot of, a lot of misconceptions, you know, even I yeah. talked to my family about it. You know, my mom is big time anti-alcohol person. Uh, she raised yeah. her dad was kind of had some alcohol issues, so she didn't yeah. like it.
0: Sister yeah. and her
1: husband, their pastor, pretty conservative. Uh, so they're not big into it. And I finally had to just look at them and say, You realize breweries is not about a bunch of drunks. That is not what it is about. It is far from it. It is not a yeah. bar, it's a brewery. There's two different yeah. things. I'm not saying people don't take sure. it too far from time to time, but that's not what they're about. And I started learning a lot. And it was so much about community, it was mm. so much about bonding, it was so much about. Um, people getting together and sharing their hearts and enjoying breaking of bread and drinking beer. Like it was, for me, it's a lot like the last, I mean, it's drinking wine and breaking bread and, and, and talking life. Like, like, so, so so I got that and I was sitting there and that's why I fell in love with it. Uh, But I was in um, Sacramento and right in the middle of this storm. And I was telling nobody about it. I didn't know. I didn't (laughs) want to tell anybody. (sighs) and so I was still speaking and traveling which was very difficult for me I had a lot of yeah. panic attacks on the plane I actually had to I hate pharmaceuticals do not like them but I actually had to take xanax if not yeah. I was gonna die like All right for sure it was really hard for me and yeah. and so for me it was um I, I I was trying to deal with it and I fly in I got to speak at this uh uh ch- rolling rolling hills a big church in Sacramento it's like a' Mega mm-hmm. church, it's the close to the Jesus culture boys, like all those people down there, right? Yeah, and and this pastor brings me in, and they had a split kind of thing going on. So he's trying to rebuild it. He's coming from uh, Atlanta, young guy, and he's like, "Hey, I know you're going to speak at my church, but I'd like you to. Um, would you mind doing a men's thing for me?" I'm like, dude, you brought me in for the weekend if you want me to have a 2 a.m. men's <laughs> breakfast, I mean, that's what I'm here for. Like, so yeah, it's part of the let's gig. Do it. And so he's like, all right. He's like, he goes, I just, I got, it's, just, I, I got to tell you, like, it's not at our church. And I'm like, okay. He's like, I just can't get men to come. And I'm like, well, where at your church do you have it? And he goes, well, I have it in the, the classrooms. I'm like, no man after work wants to go into a classroom, bro. I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. I'm like, I would not go either. He's yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. know. That's why I'm kind of, I just don't want to offend you, but I, I, I'm putting it at a brewery and I laughed at him I was like you obviously don't know me <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> like I'm, perfectly, I'm perfectly fine speaking at a brewery he's like okay you know I just didn't know I'm, I'm kind of nervous you know I, I, it's kind of out there a little bit the church isn't uh, pretty it's pretty conservative so I'm, I'm wondering if anybody's going to show up and we pull up to this brewery and there's like 250 men Wow. That are sitting and his eyes get big, and he's like, I didn't even know this many men went to my ch- like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, <laughs> and I would say, and I looked at him and I was like, you know, I'd like to say it's because I was a giant yeah, that's why I was they showed say. up. But I think there is some of that, but I think it has a lot to do with the fact that there's a really cool, comfortable setting to come hear someone talk. Yeah, bro. And you can grab a like, beer and you can yeah, hear just, someone talk. And there's freedom in the sense of like the pastor said we can actually have a beer. You know, yeah. like we don't have to hide our Coors Light in our back fridge in our garage. <laughs> you know, like we actually can like go have yeah. one, you know? And so I'm like, so I get in there and I grab a beer. It's called Jack. It's called uh, Jack Russell Brewery. It's up yeah. high up in that mountain, this area of Sacramento awesome. where it starts to get cold. And so uh, we get in there and I, I go on stage and, and I light my cigar and I'm like, right. and you see guys like eyes light up and they look around and I'm like, I, I kind of just kind of, and I'll BS with them a little bit and talk around and then just kind of, Hey, cause all of a sudden they started leaving and everybody was running to the rigs, coming back with cigarettes. and <laughs> Like it was awesome. Like I started laughing. I was, he's like, if he can have a cigar, we're having. Them. <laughs> so I like this cigar and I got this beer in my hand and I just talk about what we're talking about. Yeah. Talking about the Buffalo mentality, weather and storms, yeah, what it's yeah. like to be a man, what it's like to show vulnerability to actually cry in front of your Come children on. because it's healthy. Bro. Not because it's weak, it's healthy yeah. Yeah. and, and, and love on your boys. I, I mean, I had boys, but love on your children, your boys, your daughters cry yeah. in front of them when there's a reason to cry. Like, mm-hmm. like, it, it, you know, there's a safe time to cry and there's an unsafe time to cry. Right. So, you know, like when it's safe and, and show that and yeah. show your family that emotion is okay. Yeah. And, and I got that point. And man, by the time I was done, men were crying uh, yeah. there is people showing up there. are People that show up at a brewery, obviously, cause you don't shut those down. And yeah. this woman came up to me. It's a men's only event. And it, a woman comes up to me and, and they were like, she was like, Hey, I had, I, we had no idea you were even going to be here. We're giants fans. But all of a sudden we look up we're like, Oh my gosh, it's, it's Jeremy. And my husband and I were, we're about done. We came as a date night because we were like, Wow. It's something because we're over. We, we we have to do something to revive wow. our marriage. So wow. we just were like trying to try date night at a brewery. I, my husband loves beer. I'm like, I'll take him to a brewery, anything. She goes, and he heard you speak and he wept.
0: Wow. Blessed
1: me big time, man. Like I was like, dude, she's like, we don't go to this church. We don't know anything that's going on. And in my mind, I was like, if nobody got it, but that guy, I'm good. Like done. I'm good. And done. And I drove down the hill and I felt like God say, this is what I want you to do. And I'm wow. like, man, a brewery. I said, God, I'm about to go through a divorce. I'm about to lose 50% <laughs> of my money. You kidding me? I don't have time to do that. How am I going <laughs> to yeah. invest in a brewery? You know, like I'm like, yeah. you know, and and I was like, well, I'm going to know for sure. I, I, I drove down. I hit San Francisco because I had to work for the team for a little bit. I met the, one, of the, one of the general managers of 21st Amendment was at the game. And I said, Hey, uh, where are you at? He said, I'm at the game. I'm like, Hey, meet me across the street. I'm staying at, uh, at, uh, uh the hotel via right across the street. They have a rooftop bar. Meet me up there for a drink. I got to talk to you about something. So he meets me up there and I said, this is what I want to do. And I told him, I said, I want to start a brewery in Bernie. And he looked at me. He goes, I'm in. I'm like, wow. Whoa. Yeah. He's like, listen, uh, let me tie some loose ends here, but I, I kind of feel like I'm ready to kind of venture into something like that he goes jeremy i was raised i grew up in el paso raised in el paso texas i know texas i came out here to run breweries i know the business i've been in it for 20 years like i'll be happy to let's try it man let's 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 do something but he goes but i'm not leaving without jaron and jaron is one of the main brewers for 21st and i'm like you're not getting that guy he won the silver for his lager like they're not letting him and he was like all right just give me some time so he calls me one day about two months later, he's like, hey, I think I got Jaron to get on board. And I didn't poach from 20. Let's just put this out there. I didn't poach those guys. I, I was very respectful. And I said, listen, I, I love 21st Amendment. I still do. I, I, I want to be very respectful. So make sure this is done right, because I don't yeah. want to be known as that guy. And they said, no, we, we've talked to them and they understand. And, and Jaron is actually kind of was thinking about coming out that way towards Austin. And I'm like, well, I'm 70 miles south. And he was like, I think, he, and he bought it. And he said, "But Jaron wants you to call him himself." So I called him, talked to him about my vision. It's a give back brewery. That's what we did. That's how we met through give back. So we give give back to the community. Each each, each beer will end up going to a cause, and awesome. they were in. And I felt it was such a um, struggleless yeah. scenario that I'm like. I'm pretty sure God just kicked the door open and said, <laughs> it's kind of obvious, dude. Don't, 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 don't throw, don't, don't say my lifeline didn't come when you were, say you're drowning. When I threw right. you, you
0: can, you know, you all <laughs> this, yeah. you built all this through COVID.
1: Yeah. And I did. I, I literally dude. in COVID, they moved out here, moved their families out here, found a place. COVID was full on. took a risk everybody's like are you my my own divorce attorney was like are you out of your mind and i'm like possibly but (laughs) you know i I, he knows i was a man of faith and he was like dude you're stupid but if you want to do it we'll figure out a way to make sure the judge helps give you some money to be able to do it because you know everything gets locked down in the divorce yeah so uh we, we 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 negotiated that I I put money into it, and it is beautiful. It's an 1897 livery barn. I found a wow. well in the middle of this brewery that no one even knew existed. No way. He was jackhammering through a floor. His jackhammer fell through the floor. It's a 36 foot well from the 1800s. They used to feed the horses, and the city knew nothing about it.
0: Oh my god! I made
1: a pub table out of it with a glass top, so you can see down it, wow. like. I've got original two by eights wow. from the eighteen hundreds in the ceiling exposed. I've got wow a buffalo mural that's probably sixteen feet long by twelve feet tall, and it's charging storms. The buffalo is literally oh, charging. That's storms. legit. Beautiful, and the beer is phenomenal. Uh, we opened up probably about five weeks ago. Yeah, I've, we've already went through beer once. I got back from spring break with my boys, and my brewer goes, "We have good news and bad news." I said, just hit me with the bad news. I'm better with that. And he's like, we ran out of heels. We ran out of beer. I'm like, well, what's the good news? We ran out of beer. <laughs> well, that's a good point. But we still have to fix the issue. So let's start making some more beer. But it was a crazy thing. The city has been so amazing. I'll have wow. two, 300 people in the beer garden. And there are people that are hanging out. My buddies. I got my pastors coming. I got yeah.
0: people. from oh, that's so cool.
1: Families are my kid friendly. Cornhole dog friendly. People are connecting. I'm wow. running an immense Bible study on Monday mornings on, out man. of there. I I do. I'm, I'm, I'm about ready to launch to churches. Um, now that I've got my bearings under me a little bit on a day, a month, I'll do one time a month for a church. They can wow. get the beer garden shut down. I'll do a men's night with them. Like wow. It's so awesome. And it's so God breathed, you know, like it and feels so it. good and it, we're doing well. And, and there's been tons of articles on us and it's not the baseball player plays a little bit into it that I'm not denying that but bro I should what, what we stand for as a community like the mayor has put my gm on the stinking committee for like uh uh events <laughs> like, like wow, we're man. already in the city of like with not the politics I wouldn't say but kind of you know just trying to help mold this city and 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 for the good for all about community because now that we're out of covid people are craving yeah connection man. they are and it is so good it's so awesome
0: i love that and gosh congrats on on starting all that and in charging people don't understand how hard it is to not only start a business but a business in the middle of covid a business in the middle of covid coming out of divorce being a single dad like start like in doing it well gosh dude freaking good job
1: and my gm's great. Brandon and they all know it they they know my story they know exactly what I'm dealing with and they know that hey I can be we're open seven days a week 11 a.m to midnight and I'm there from nine to two on because I got my children I gotta pick my boys up from school like so they don't have my boys when they're at their mothers I'm like okay I'm here but then I'm kind of gassed from having my.
0: It's
1: yeah five days. So I mean he makes fun of me. He said, Man, you should have seen it here at ten o'clock when you rolled over to your left side in bed. It actually got kind of good fun in here. Like I was like, Yeah, dude, I'm in bed by nine. Like I've got no reason to be up. But yeah. I'll have some times where i will stay while well, I'll come over here and I'll be like, you know what? I'll roll into the beer garden. It's going pretty good. I don't have my kids. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit out back and I'll light a cigar yeah. by the by the fire pit back there yeah. and talk with people and have a good time and and, and be a part of a community. And it's so much fun. I mean, we do trivia Tuesdays. I mean, yep. we just do different. Have different ways to have influence. And in the end, for some of these, yeah, for my for for most of my staff here, it's making money. It's taking care of their families. Yeah, you know, I, good for them. For me, it's not as much about that. For me, it's yep. like I get to I, I get to bring the aroma of Christ. In a way that i was always dreaming of but jay i yep. don't know if i would have done it unless i had to weather that storm i don't know if i would have done yep. it i was so That's preoccupied so cool. with 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 trying to figure out a marriage that 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 even at the time of of everything going down it was still a struggle i mean we were st- we were dealing with that 22 years of just frustration and and, and trying to like yep. kids and and i don't know if i would have done it and and for me i'm not saying that that I'm, I'm definitely not saying God's not for divorce either. He, what he yep. didn't want that to happen, but I think he truly took what was meant for evil and made it good, you know? And, and uh, that's, that's truly how I live in this situation.
0: Well, man, your, your whole life is an example of that from start to, to where you're at today. And yeah, again, I think it's, it's so exciting to me, um, to have a friend that's modeling that and then to, to be able to give that to other men, who no matter where you're at in your life, if you're, if you're starting a business, if you're raising kids, if you're going through a hard time, you know, guys can get a clear picture from you of, of the path to take, which is dive into community. Uh, don't run from the storm, go straight for it. Um, be vulnerable, be honest, cry if you got to, but don't give up and good things happen, you know, holding out and living, living life the way it's supposed to be lived with conviction. And, uh, you know, it is. It always pays off. It always pays off in the end. That the tough road is also the funnest road. Mm. And um, Excuse you're me. such a, a picture of that, man. So, listen, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. But um, I just, where's your brewery at? Is it in Bernie? Is that what you said?
1: In Bernie, Texas, about 12 miles north of San Antonio on I-10. Yep.
0: Yeah. So if you're in Texas, if you're flying into Texas, if you're anywhere around there, uh, go grab a beer um, hang out with Jeremy play some trivia Yeah, can go, what, what nights do you do the, uh, the Bible? Oh, mornings. It's a uh, Monday morning,
1: Monday mornings. yeah. We do a men's Monday thing, morning, uh, eight o'clock
0: Bible study, go get, get in the word, grab a beer, hang out with some guys and, uh, get a little bit sharper at, at, at free Roam. So, Dude, congrats on that. Jeremy, thanks so much Thank for you. coming on here and, and just sharing your story with us and, and taking us through a little bit uh, of, of your life and giving us some, some tips and tools to become better men. That's yeah. what we're here to do. So, Thank you for congrats.
1: having me on, man. I really appreciate I, it.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you too. Um, have an incredible week. Thank you, man. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the Brave Co. podcast. If you like this podcast, would you please rate it, review it, leave us a great comment. And if you like this episode in particular, share it with your friends and family. That helps us to spread the word. Guys, stay brave. We'll see you next week.